Welcome to the Leadership Guide, the show that takes you from peak performer to legendary leader by helping you unlock your heroic potential to emerge into who you were meant to be. This show is not your typical show on leadership. We have real, raw, unplanned, and unedited conversations with individuals from a wide variety of industries and expertise to get into the reality of what leadership actually looks like in the world not just theories that you read about in books. We leave the conversations unedited because leadership is not about perfection. And because this show is unplanned, you get unique insights and you get to see a side of these individuals that they don't usually share anywhere else. On today's episode, we have a conversation with Lorraine Hoving and discuss why it's never too late, ever. Why we are as sick as our secrets, the muscle of overcoming fear, and how it all ties to leadership. I'm your host, Cody Dakota, founder of the Leadership Guide, a member of the Forbes Coaches Council, and finalist for the Extraordinary Award for coaches with ideas that can change people, businesses, and the world for the better for my ideas on leadership. We are sponsored by KDDM Inc., your one-stop shop for growing your business. If you're an entrepreneur, you'll want to meet my friend Tony Kaufman and her team at KDDM Inc. to help you clarify your message, get seen, get heard, and get sales. Because most entrepreneurs get stuck in the digital and social media world and don't know how to stop losing money and leads. KDDM Inc. is a world-class digital marketing agency that offers professional video production, amazing US-based virtual assistants, and brings the best tools and resources in the industry for entrepreneurs with their done for you and done with you solutions. Thanks to KDDM Inc., more entrepreneurs are reaching their heroic potential. If you'd like to be a proud sponsor of The Leadership Guide, please go to www.theleadership.guide and fill out the contact us form. We'll get in contact with you shortly. And don't forget, stay tuned to the end of the episode to discover how to join the League of Legendary Leaders, an association of leaders with the goal to raise $100,000 monthly to support nonprofit causes which are currently looking to impact the world and make it better for future generations. Now, on to the show. Hey, Lorraine, how are you doing today? I am doing fabulous, Cody. Thanks for asking. How are you? You're welcome. You're welcome. I love that answer. I am doing wonderful, and I'm living life, and I am loving life. Things are good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what? Things are very, very good, Uh, and it starts with, with your attitude. If you feel it within, deep within your soul when you wake up, suddenly everything is brighter and uh so uh yeah so i'm doing i'm doing great and so this is gonna be fun i i'm i'm excited and it's it's actually really funny that you said like if you wake up with that attitude i'm not a morning person at all so like when i first wake up 
I hate everything. And then like five minutes later, everything is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what do you do within that five minutes? Is it coffee? Now, for me, I do like my cup of coffee. (laughs) The the only thing I do in that five minutes is wish I could go back to sleep. Other than that, nothing. (laughs) I, I just, I enjoy sleep. That's, that's one of the few things that I, I really enjoy sleep, and as soon as I wake up, my body rebels for a couple minutes. It's all like, go back to sleep, and my mind's all like, nope, nope, it's about that time to get up. It's got to do it, and then as, as soon as my, my body's like, ah, oh, fine, everything's perfect. It goes yeah, right yeah, and it's a, ma- it's a matter of listening to your body, because it's got, it's all, it sounds like it's got a mind of its own, and it's ready to go, it's ready to go. I often... I've always been kind of a morning person. I often wake up um, singing. I have this crazy morning song that probably drives, well, I know it drives my husband crazy. <laughs> well, it, you, you know, there's nothing worse than somebody that's too cheery, too early in the morning, and that's kind of me. I have to tone it down and go in another room. <laughs> but I'm excited because I've got another day. So I, I, I love that attitude. I, I I deeply wish that's the attitude my body gave me in the morning. And it's just <laughs> it's just not. I've I, my Your body's my, fault. <laughs> my um my mother has a, a tendency to give nicknames to her children, right? And right. and she gave me two nicknames. One was Pooh Bear and the other was Grumpy. Because, 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 because as soon as I woke up, I was just grumpy as could be. And then right, after right. That, things are good. I know. I know. And then, and then from there, it's all uphill. Yes. <laughs> oh, great. definitely. So, so, so Lorraine, tell me about the awesome things you're doing in the world because, because you're doing some awesome stuff. You know, I am really, really excited at this time of my life. So I am about to turn 64. And uh, amazingly enough, I feel like on fire because, the you know, some people at this age start resigning and going, well, I've never done much in my life and I'm never Mm going to do it. And they're sitting on the couch with the remote in their hand and, and just have kind of, they're, they're feeling a little reclusive because mm-hmm. at this age, sometimes you can walk in a room and you suddenly, actually it starts about 50, you start feeling invisible because the world is made up of people that are vibrant and young and millennials and suddenly you <laughs> feel like you're not relevant for some reason. But I kind of woke up when I was 60 and at 60 is when I realized on my birthday, I woke up and I actually was crying because I realized if I live to be 90, if God bless me to uh, give me a life up until 90, I had, mm-hmm. done, I had already lived two-thirds of my life. And that's really sobering when you think two-thirds. Because at your age, you're thinking, I've got all these years. <laughs> but you know what? The truth is none of us know how much time we have left. It's true. Yeah. So it's important to make every day count. But anyways, when I woke up at 60 and realized that um, all the promises I had made, I had, uh, you know, uh, I had made a promise to my husband when we had married 42 years earlier that I was going to lose all my weight by Christmas, uh, which was only about 15, 20 pounds. Instead, 
I had gained that and I went to my high weight of uh, 275 pounds on a five foot two frame. Whew. So when I woke up at 60, I realized all of the things, the organization I was going to do, this I was going to do. And this is what happens to us if we don't have a plan. Uh, we will have, okay, on Monday, I'm going to do this. So Monday comes and I blow it. You know, Monday, I'm going to start my diet and then we blow it by noon. And so, okay, it's going to be Tuesday. And Tuesday comes along. No, that's not good enough. It's going to have to be next Monday. So we do that. And then pretty soon those Mondays turn into years uh -huh. in an amazing short amount of time. <laughs> You think it's 42 years, but 42 years went pretty darn quickly. But I realized all of a sudden, 42 years, I had, I had lost a little bit of weight at times and then gone back and I had yo-yoed. And something had to change. And so I began the work of, um, I, I, I got on the computer. I remember the day I got on the computer and I started studying um, like personal development classes that I could take, um, learning how to deal with some of the trauma of the past. Because you see, I hadn't dealt with, I thought I had, with some of the things that happened as a child. And so whenever I would start to lose weight, I'd think, oh, I'm not worthy. Or I'd self-sabotage. I lost a lot of weight once and I self-sabotage because suddenly I was visible, I was becoming visible to the world and it scared me and mm -hmm. I didn't think I was worthy. So I had to go back and do a lot of, a, a lot of dig, um, digging deep into my heart, learn how to forgive. And really when I say forgive, not just say I forgive my brother for bullying me or whatever, I had to really really uh, take a grasp of what forgiveness means. It doesn't mean just the words. It means actually realizing when, when I forgave my brother, I realized that he didn't know any better. And suddenly I had compassion on him instead of always carrying this anger towards him. Well, you, you know, this is, this is your fault. And so I started to do that dig deeping that dig deeping, the <laughs> digging deep. Uh -huh. <laughs> and uh, that when I began to believe that I was worth it, just like the next person was worth it, that we are all uniquely and wonderfully created. In fact, there's not another person exactly like me or another person exactly like you and for mm -hmm. our audience i assure you there is nobody else like you and that in itself makes you unique you and were uniquely created yeah it's so amazing right like there's there's literally no one in in the history of time who is exactly like you i know there's been I'm, billions upon billions of people across time it's amazing I, I know, isn't that, isn't that exciting? And when you realize that, that you have a unique footprint uh, in this world, then it kind of sets you free to realize that there's some value in that. I am worth it, just like you are worth it. I am not better than you, or I am not better than the neighbor. I, we are all created 
equal. And this is the beauty of it. So when you take that on, you realize that you are worthy of everything that is good in life. And so when I went back there and kind of dealt with some of those things, then I realized that. And it kind of took some of the chains off because I felt like I had chains around my heart. Somewhere in there through the trauma, I had lost the little girl, the little girl before my daddy died. And I went through the, the trauma. I had lost her because she started to be buried. And then I started with food to put on layers so I wouldn't be seen. And now I feel like I've got the little girl back. And it's wonderful because I'm going back to who God created me to be. And when, when you believe that God created you for a purpose, then it sets you free to, to do your passion, to do whatever you feel that God wants you to do. And so now I'm excited at 64 because, wow, I have maybe 30 years left. And every single day counts, Cody, every single day. Exactly. I, I absolutely love that. Now, I'm, I'm really curious. You, you, you've brought up these different traumas, but I, I can't say I actually know what the traumas are. So what are some of these traumas that you have had to overcome and have overcome? Okay, so when I was, I, I, I was born kind of a happy child. And my mom, so you had a nickname, Grumpy. My <laughs> nickname would have been Happy. <laughs> <laughs> My mom said she brought six children home from the hospital and she put me in the crib and I just laughed. So everything was happy. My life was joyful. I loved to play. I loved animals. And I adored my dad. And my dad kind of spoke the same language as me. Very, um, He was very warm and loving and affectionate. And he uh, died, and I remember even the day that he had died in a logging accident, because I, I was the one who answered the door. Wow. And a, a priest was there, and dad's worker. And see, this is the thing. That happened over 50 years ago, and I could cry as if it happened yesterday, because as a child, you will never forget. And I remember opening that door, and I knew that my life was about to change. And dad had been my companion. I woke up in the morning and I could hardly wait to see him. And I went to bed and I could hardly wait till the next day. We would always have ice cream every single evening together. So consequently, after he died, which was traumatic for me because I'd been this happy child, didn't think bad things like that happen. Um, and I'd also lost a little brother, a baby brother, oh, about five years earlier. So I, wow. I was starting to get familiar with this feeling like somebody's there for you, and then they're gone. Um, my little brother had died uh, when he was about a year old, and I went to play with him in the crib, and he was gone, and nobody explained to me. I only found out years later he'd had some kind of a heart defect. So I wasn't even told um, at that time. My mother had seven of us, and then it was actually six after that point um, because Raymond had died. But then um, after my dad died, my brother, my older brother, I think he took it upon himself. I, I don't know if he had been jealous of our relationship, but he thought that I was going to be the, the greatest target in his life. And he tease me. In fact, I had a hard time before I, I actually went 
back to my past. He actually, I had a hard time saying the word bullied me, but he bullied me. He chased me around with snakes around the block. People to this day, adults say, I remember Albert being so nasty to you. He'd call me fatty, fatty, two by four, can't get through the bathroom door. Oh. I was maybe six or seven pounds overweight. And I remember as a child looking at the bathroom door because we kind of had a narrower one because we had had an addition. And I used to, the things that impress your mind, I thought, what happens if one day I cannot get through the bathroom door? And so I began to sneak food in secret. So because my daddy and I had ice cream, I wanted ice cream every single night. So I remember sneaking it in the bowl and then going downstairs, putting the bowl under the bed, and then listening to see if Albert had woken up, and then walking up the stairs so I could, and knowing every, every um, step to avoid that it wouldn't crack, so I could wash out the bowl so he wouldn't know. And this is what I think, that we are as sick as our secrets. So this became my secret. I love that. We are as sick as our secrets. That is powerful. For some reason, when we're hiding, we're high, we're feeling sick. And that's what I was feeling like. I can't be real. I can't, I couldn't eat a cookie crumb without him announcing it to the neighborhood. And he did. He would announce it on the por out on the porch. You know, Lorraine ate a cookie. You know, I, I and uh, so I began to pull, pull, pull within myself. And so I, that's when I, I believe I lost the little girl, the fun-loving, thinking that life was always wonderful. And I began to wonder, like every time I was happy in life, the shoe would drop. So I was happy, and then my daddy died. I was happy, and then Raymond died. And so after a while, I always, and then I'd come home from school, I was worried my mother was going to die. And my mother was a little more distant because um, that's how she was raised, and so she didn't, you know, s stick up for me or anything, and she was just trying to survive being a widow with, with six young children. Yeah. So, anyways, that's kind of what I've ha had to go back with and deal, because what happens is, if you get stuck, and you don't get past there, let me tell you, it's in your head somewhere, it's in your brain, mm -hmm. and stuck back there and somehow I lost the little girl that felt the freedom to feel say what she liked be warm and affectionate and instead I hid and even though I had a happy marriage for 42 years I still hid in so many ways um definitely you kind of like you built it up as a habit right and it, right. it pervaded even into a, a completely different time of your life a lot of times these things that we keep secret end up inhibiting us from where we could be in in a completely different situation and sometimes right. we actually make the situation into something really bad because of the things in the past even though they weren't like that in reality right right because i think sometimes our perception as children is so different we don't have the capability and back in those days they didn't know how to walk a, a young child through death so this is what happened right after my daddy died a church lady came to me and she says lorraine i just want you to know that god works everything out for good to them that love god and i'm i'm you know, 11 years old, and I'm thinking, 
God worked this out for good. I'm sitting here and I'm devastated and you're telling me God did this. And so, because you don't have the capability of working it through. And so yeah. I remember being, being mad at God. Well, why, why did you do that to me? You know, because that was, he was my world. And so I had to work through some anger about that also, about being angry at, at, at thinking God had done it. Yeah, um, yeah. definitely. Because when, when you get told that you're in this situation and there's a force behind it, right, that is, is the cause of it, and, and you can't see the light on the other end of the tunnel, it's hard not to be angry, right? Right, right. And it, 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 it's hard for us to see it because we're living in time. And from the Christian perspective, God exists outside of time. And so he sees things everywhere within time. The, the past, present, future, that doesn't exist to him. It is all one. And so for us to exist within a timeline where we can't actually see the future, Right. right. It's it's right. so difficult for us to to have this concept that there's this force that has brought this upon us. Right, right. And somehow we did something wrong. That's what I think. I did something wrong to deserve that. Yeah. Um, I had that feeling as a young child often that I had done something wrong. Did I love him enough? Did I tell him I cared enough? Because you just don't have the capacity with your younger brain to work it through. And if there's no adult helping you, you just end up filling in the blanks. Yeah. Whether they're right or wrong, you fill it in. And that's what my brain did. And then I kind of shut down. And, uh, but I'm, I'm here to say now, yeah. <laughs> this is the good part. Um, I've worked through those issues. I wish I had worked through them about, you know, 20, 30 years ago, but I did it when I'm 60. And that's the message of my radio show called Never Too Late, ever. It is never too late. And then I have added this in the last little bit. It is never too late until it is. So in other words, Ooh. it could be too late, but today is still today. And so if you're sitting out there, you're thinking, oh my gosh, I've never, you know, I've never taken care of myself. Um, you know, and, and the thing with obesity is that is something you can control. So I had spent all my time blaming and, uh, you know, oh, it's my brother's fault. Um, uh, it's in my genes. I'm always going to be overweight. I was the only person in the whole world meant to be fat. So you, you constantly blame and you blame circumstances. Yes, there are things that have happened to us that were not our fault, but we are responsible for what we do from this day forward. So we can't go back. We can go back there and blame all we want, but, but we're giving up our control when we blame. I suddenly realized I was responsible and I took control. And that's what I want the audience to realize that maybe you have never taken control of your life until today. And today is a good day to start. I love that. And, and you use a word that I, I love to hear, which is responsible, right? And if, if one of my mentors taught me this, that if, if you take the word, right, it's, it's two words combined, response, able. 
you have the ability to respond, right? Mm -hmm. And so to have responsibility is taking the, the, the courage, right? To take responsibility, be able to respond to whatever comes at you. And you right. can respond positively or you can respond negatively. But that response is at the end of the day up to you. You have the ability to choose that. And I love that. And, and sometimes it's hard to see that, uh, especially people who face weight challenges, because, because a lot of times people who face weight challenges, it, it could be that they've tried this one thing or they've tried this other thing and it didn't work. And they've tried this other thing and that didn't work either. And they, they a lot of times when, when we try and face those things, it's a similar type of thing right? That's, that's what I've seen. So it's like, okay, well, I'm going to try working out. Well, this workout didn't work. So I'm going to try this workout. Well, this didn't work out. So I'll try this workout. Or I tried this diet and this diet didn't work out. So I've tried this diet. Now that one didn't work out. So I'm going to try another diet. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of times it's not the problem isn't the specific diet or the specific workout. It could be that you need something on the opposite end of the spectrum. Or it could be that what happens after you get through that diet, you didn't take the responsibility, right, to mm -hmm. continue living that life. Right, right. And the other thing is we want things to be easy. So if I go to the workout and I work out at the gym, you know, I'm supposed to wake up the next morning and want to work out the gym. No, I still have to pull myself out of bed and get to the gym. We want it easy. We want to take a pill and I'm 50 pounds slimmer. It is not going to happen. Taking responsibility is taking responsibility each and every single day and each and every single choice. And has it always been easy for me? No. And has it, it it's not even taken, I mean, I, there, there are people that, uh, and, you know, everybody makes their own choice, but people have had surgery uh, you know, to lose the weight. But for me, I knew that I wouldn't learn enough. I needed to know how to eat properly the rest of my life. And so uh, taking responsibility is making choices every single day. And we just want this certain thing where we just gloss over it. And now that's done. Now, now, now I've lost my weight and we want it done, uh, you know, yesterday. Definitely. And life isn't like that. And no, it's, it's it's the microwave mentality, right? Like I want it and I want it now. If I can throw it in the microwave, pop it in there for three minutes, boom, I got it. Right? Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't yeah. happen like that. Yeah. And we're afraid sometimes of hard work. And I have learned so much about myself because um, I, I've actually um, been part of Weight Watchers. And the reason I like it is because it's more of a lifestyle. So it's all about the choices that I make every day. But there are literally, and, and some people out there who, who may have a weight problem won't understand this, but there are literally months that I've only lost one or two pounds. So this has taken me a long journey. And I've never been ever, ever sorry for the long journey because every day I'm learning. And if it had gotten fat, if it had been really fast for me, my head wouldn't have been able to catch up. Now I know that I'm worth it. I'm not afraid to be seen. And I know that it's not an instant fix, that it will just continue the rest of my life. I'm going to have to make good choices the rest of my life. 
And, you know, I live by the 80-20. You know, I, I'll eat 80% really good and once in a while I'll have a treat because I don't want to deprive myself. I feel like it's important um, to realize that those choices, they accumulate. So when you feel like you're not making prog progress, like Cody said, and you just give up, okay, well, well that, that didn't work. No, it, it accumulates, accumulates, accumulates. And it's all is said, you know, with an airplane that if it just um, is one degree, mm -hmm. I don't know, have you heard that? Maybe Definitely. you can quote it. Yeah, no, but okay. you, you continue. No, you, if you can quote it, I, I was trying to think <laughs> of it the other day, but it was an amazing stat that if you just change it by one degree, you'll end up in a total different place by one degree. Definitely. And you have to realize that all the little choices we make, sometimes we think, well, that's just a baby step. No, you put all those baby steps together and look, I've, I've lost 130 pounds now. So, and those were all baby steps. Which is absolutely amazing that you've been able to accomplish that because that, that is phenomenal. And, and you're right. It's, all it takes, right, to be either on track or off track is, is one degree. And a lot of times it's the little things we do every single day that determines if we're going to get to the destination or not. There's, right. um, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but it, it's something like if you travel in an, a plane for an hour, one degree off or two hours maybe, you're something like a thousand plus miles off course. It's something yeah. to that effect, which is crazy. And, and there's, there's another similar one to that one where the, the trip to the moon, right? Um, mm -hmm. the, the first trip to the moon, the, the shuttle was, or the rocket was only on track about 2% of the time, which means 98% of, of the time it was off track. And, and wow. the only reason they were able to get there is because they made micro adjustments the entire way. Right. If that, I love that one. I love that because it's so true. We want to give up on ourselves when we put these lofty goals. But if we realize that we can just make continual baby steps and they will make it make a difference eventually. And we just don't see it. We just don't see it. But if we continue on that path, it's amazing. And we want these gigantic leaps. And that's not where it's about. And I, I love that example of the moon. I love that. Definitely. Yeah. And it, it goes back to, to the quote unquote overnight success, right? Most people who are the, the quote unquote overnight success had been working on whatever they were working on for like 10 years prior. That's like the right. average. And right. so like out, it's it seemingly out of nowhere, this person is everywhere, but that's not true. It's, it's a, um, it's, it's a, parabola is not the right word, but it, it's, it's basically within a graph, right? It's so slow at the beginning and you, it doesn't even seem like yeah. it's going upwards. And then there's a point where all of a sudden it just shoots up. Right. 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 I've heard that before too. And that's kind of how I felt like you're, you're continuing on a level going slightly up. And then all of a sudden, because of all that work that you put in, um, you take off. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's great. I love it. I love it because it gives everybody hope. Absolutely everybody because we all can take the baby steps.
And I think sometimes with social media, like you were saying, overnight success, we, we look at people there and we think, oh, they're so perfect and they've, you know, they've made millions and they've done this and they've done that. Um, but like you said, nobody knows the time and the work that they put in to getting to where they've been. Um, well, but we often compare on social media. Yeah, well, and then you have the dark side of social media, which is how many of those people who are showing all these different wonderful things that are going on are actually living that right because there's there's this huge problem on social media where you've got like the people that are in like the jet planes and the sports cars and they're like this is mine but it's like they rented it for an hour and just took pictures right. around it and they just keep right. recycling that until they're right. able to afford getting more pictures like that and they're right. not actually living that life they're just putting that out into the world and so often we compare ourselves to that right we think, oh, you know, this 22-year-old is like a multi-millionaire with this huge mansion. That, like, how did they do that? And, and like, the reality of it is they didn't do that. That's just right, what right. Think. That's what they want you to think. Right, which is pretty darn sad. And uh, sad on their part because uh, that's not where self-worth is. I think self-worth, when you feel worthy, you want to be authentic um, and you want to be real. Uh, there are times when I struggle or there's been times where I've put on Facebook where, I, where I've struggled with something and people can relate to that. They can't relate to perfect or looking like it's always been perfect. Uh, and uh, so I think people are hungry for people that are truly authentic and like them. And like I said, doing the baby steps rather than seeing this mansion in the background Definitely. or the slim body that looks like, you know, you know, they worked out at the gym or, or, or whatever, because comparison robs us of who we are. If Definitely. we can compare, there's always going to be somebody more beautiful, more intelligent, <laughs> slimmer. There always will be. So who cares? Yeah. It, so someone recently told me this story. I'm, um, it was, um, his, his current name is Jared, but he's about to change his name to Wolf. He's, he's a really cool guy and he's working with the youth, which is super awesome. Anyways, he told me this story, which I, I've heard it a very similar story to this. And I just, the way you described it gave me an add on to the story, which I'm super excited about telling. So, so basically he, uh, he went to this conference, right? And this woman was at the conference and she, she held up a, a hundred dollar bill, right? And she said, how much is this hundred dollar bill worth? And, it, and they said, it, it's worth a hundred dollars, right? Of course it's worth a hundred dollars, right? And so she took it and she, she, she kind of made some wrinkles in it and she said, okay, now how much is it worth? Well, it's, it's still worth a hundred dollars, right? She crumples it up in her hands and goes like, shh, right? <laughs> holds it up. How much is it worth? It, it's still worth a hundred dollars. Throws it on the ground, starts stomping on it. Right. How much is it worth now? It's still a hundred dollars. She picks it up, starts to tear it. Right. And at first everyone's like, ah, right. But then she goes, uh, she didn't tear all the way through it just a little bit. And she goes, okay, how much is it worth? Well, it's, it's still worth a hundred dollars. Right. Now, now the thing I would add to it, right. Is Okay, you take the $100 bill and you add zeros on the end of it with, with a pen, right? How much is it mm -hmm. worth? 
it, well, it, it, it's still worth a hundred dollars. It might look like it's worth a thousand or 10,000. Right. But at the end of the day, it's still a hundred dollar bill. Right. right. And, and the whole point of this is our worth is the same no matter what happens. Right. And right. So, so even if, you know, we're crumpled, we're broken, we're torn. Right. Or this is something that I've added. You, you pretend like you're more than your actual worth, right? At the end of the day, you're still worth the same. Right, and, right. And, you know, people a lot of times when they've been broken, they've torn down, like you've gone through in your life, like I've gone through in my life, like everyone's gone through in their own life. They, they feel like they're worth less and they're not, right? right. And, and, and there are some people who try to pretend like they're worth more and at the end of the day, they're still worth the same. Right. Right. And actually, those people feel worth less themselves. And that's why they have to, that's why they have to tell the world, I'm worth more. Mm -hmm. Whereas we need to get our self-worth from inside here, because when we're constantly doing that and we're constantly comparing, it's either going to be not good enough or we're going to try and, you know, brag about everything. And people see through that. People really want authentic people who speak to other people's hearts about some of the struggles. Life is messy. Life is not it's necessarily so messy. Yeah, yeah. For all of us, it's messy. Everybody's gone through something as a child. Uh, even if the household looked perfect, they have gone through something as a child. And uh, so it is, it is messy, but it's the choices that we make. And it's when we stop comparing ourselves and or blaming others and take responsibility, that's where freedom is. When I started to take full responsibility, because that, that's what I'm in control of. I'm not going to give up my control to somebody that I'm blaming. Oh, Albert, it was your fault. Well, I just gave up my control. No, I have total control from here on out of, of how wonderful and fabulous my life is. And everybody has that same, um, same privilege. It's an honor to have that. Definitely. I, 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 like in my mind, I'm thinking of the artist, right? And what makes the artwork successful that they're working on, right? It's the fact that they have to get messy in order to make it come into being, right? And it doesn't matter what type of art you make, you're gonna get messy. If, if you, if I, I've known a lot of artists and I know every single time they come out of the studio, they're a mess. Every single right. time, right? <laughs> whether it's paint, whether it's chalk or charcoal or, or da, uh, dust, sawdust or, or uh, stone dust, whatever, kind of thing it is right. they always come out of there messy right because right. in order to create you have to get messy you know right it's right. required right and back again to the the same point we made earlier we want it to be easy but it's not always going to be easy it's going to be messy sometimes in the middle there as you as you work towards your goals it's going to be messy there's going to be sacrifice it's going to be hard work and we don't we don't we're not always comfortable with all of that. But when you when you start to dig in, what I'm what I get excited is 
it's like you're on a hamster wheel and then the momentum as you start working at it working at it like uh, exercise I, I and I still don't love exercise but as I work at it and see results then I get my momentum going and um, it's like anything that you're trying to conquer in your life if you just keep working at it when you don't want to when you have to sacrifice as soon as we don't want to we give in to ourselves right a lot of times we do okay <laughs> but there are times we're not going to want to and we have to rise above because we want the good um the good things to to happen in our life and in order to get on the other side we have to walk through some of that and that's the messy part that i call sometimes the messy part <laughs> definitely yeah and and I, th I i honestly think that it's the messy parts that allow beauty to be created right mm -hmm. and and there's mm -hmm. in, in your description of all that it made me think of a concept that one of my mentors taught me it, it's the concept of anti-fragility right which is most of the time people think they're fragile, right? That if you drop them, right? And whatever that means is what that means. They're going to break and there's no repairing them ever. But there's, there's another way to look at ourselves, which is anti-fragile, which is that there's no way to break us. And in fact, every time you attempt to break us, we actually become even stronger than we were before. And that we have the ability, right? to respond in that way in, right. in our power to do that. It's not easy sometimes, like when you're working out and you're sore, right? I've, I've been getting ready to do a Spartan race, which I'm planning to do. Good for you. I'm excited about it, but I'm also kind of terrified because I, I, have, I did not plan it very well. Um, mm -hmm. I, I made the decision like a month and a half before the race and and my i've been working out this year but not to that level and mm -hmm. so i have been working out really really hard so i can be ready for this race and i'm sore pretty much every single day now because of that <laughs> and so like most days i don't i don't want to work out because i just want to relax i want my body to heal up but i know if i do that i'm not going to want to continue to work out and if i stop working out it's going to be a mess going into that race and it's going to be so much worse, right? And I right. also know if I do the little things right now, I'm going to come out on the other side of that race even more excited for having accomplished it. Right. Can, tell me what's a Spartan. What, what does okay. that fail? So, so the Spartan race, there's, there's kind of three levels. And the one that I'm preparing for next month, which, oh my, there's like two weeks before it now, that now that I'm looking at the date. <laughs> okay, this is going to be fun. When, when this comes live, it'll have already happened. So that, that'll be interesting to look I'm back. You're still life. alive. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, basically, it, the, the race I'm preparing for is going to be a 13-mile race, right? And wow. during the race... There's going to be 25 obstacles you have to overcome. Okay. And there's, there's a bunch of different things that are within there, such as like mud pits that you have to dive into or dive under the, the mud, it, like the watery mud and dive under it. Or there's like really heavy things you have to pick up and carry. Or there, I know there's a javelin throw that you have to do within there. And every single race is different. So, so you go to one race, it's going to be completely different than the next race that you go to. And wow. uh, 
yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's fascinating how they do it. And they've got this whole culture behind it. And um, yeah, so, so I'm, I'm excited. I'm a little terrified. I'm not ready for it, but it's going to be a blast at the same time. Right. You know, what I, what I think is neat is um, that you are pushing yourself. So this is what I've done in the last four or five years. Uh, I've walked through a lot of things that I've had fear of because oftentimes, like I said, we're a little bit lazy and we just want to do what we want to do. Yeah. And then also if we feel fear, we go, okay, I'm not doing that. Well, I have found that I walk through the fear and I get to the other side and I go, wow. Like you'll, you'll feel that when you get through the spark. You'll go, wow, I did that. Mm -hmm. and, and you'll realize that you survive and you're a better person because of it. Definitely. And I've realized that every time I go through fear, I look back and go, wow. In fact, it's, I, I, I determine it kind of like a muscle. And you are developing that muscle because so often we want to be comfortable and we, we see the fear and we, we want to just work against it. Okay, I'm not going there. But if we walk through it, that muscle develops. And I almost think when I'm afraid and I see something afraid, I'm thinking I'm going for it because <laughs> I know what's on the other side. On the other side is accomplishment, feeling like you accomplished something huge. Um, you've, you've actually conquered your spirit in some ways and, and uh, conquered all those feelings of not wanting to get up and do it. And whether you feel 100% prepared, and you won't that day. You won't feel oh, like that. Oh, yeah, definitely not. No, no. But the thing is, when you get to the other side, and this is what I try and tell my audience, when you get to the other side, you will look back and you go, wow, what if I hadn't done that? What if I had stayed comfortable? We want to be comfortable, but in order to enjoy and grow in our lives, we need to get out of our comfort zone and hit some of those little fear levels. And the other thing I, I like is you sign up for it. So some of the things that I've been afraid of, if I just think I'm going to do them, I can talk myself out of. But if I tell my friend, okay, let's sign up for this 5K, or like you did, you signed up for the Spartan, then we are committed. And that's another way if you out there are having fear of things, commit yourself with to another person. There's one time um, I committed to myself to something on Facebook. And darn it, and, and this is, well, to, <laughs> to tell you the truth, this is what I did. I told them that I would never um, uh, drink again. And in uh, June 6th will be two years. Congratulations. I, yes, because I said it on Facebook, I was not ever gonna let anybody else down because it's there for all the world to see. Uh -huh. And that was, the best, that was the best thing I ever could have done for myself. And it was not that I had a problem, it was that I could foresee that if I didn't get that in control, I would have a problem because I have a problem with overeating, so overindulging. So I actually committed and I have stuck with it, and I have been so thankful. And so if you struggle with something that you're fearful of, commit yourself to it. Um, you don't have to do a Facebook Live. That was kind of crazy, but, um, but I'm still thankful. Uh, but or sign up for a Spartan race with a friend, and 
because you need to shake that boat that you're in there and you, you know sitting there with the remote and you, you're just you know humming along you need to shake up that boat because life is so much better out of the comfort zone and past your fears Definitely. And, and accountability is, is a huge key in that, right? Whether you're accountable to a friend or accountable to all of Facebook or accountable to, you know, your boss, your parents, your children, that, that accountability, right? Or a coach or a mentor, right? right. That accountability sets up a whole nother level of getting yourself prepared to actually do it because without right. the accountability, right? we do have a tendency not to do anything. Um, right. part, of, part of all of this for me, right? I, um, I, I used to watch this show called Ninja Warrior. And it, it was a game show that happened in Japan, right? And it was only in Japan at the time where these, these crazy people just <laughs> ran across this crazy obstacle course, right? And like, th this is a nutso obstacle course where you've got to hop over things. There's water if you fall and you lose if you hit the water. There's like crazy spins you got to go through. Like you got to hold on to things and it spins. And then you got to like climb really fast. Otherwise you're going to fall. Like there's all these crazy <laughs> things you got to do. And I remember seeing that. And, and these, this is my, my teenage years, right? And, and I told myself, I'm going to do that someday, right? Huh. And I just said someday, that, that's all I said. And right. then, and then I, I got to this point this year, at the beginning of this year, where I told myself that I'm actually going to start accomplishing these different things in my life that I've told myself I'm going to accomplish, but I haven't taken the steps to actually do it. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. because, because I realized with a lot of these, like I have a lot of physical activities I want to do. And some of these physical activities get harder and harder as you get older. Right. right. And right. I'm not getting any younger. Right. I, I'm fairly young still, but I'm not getting younger. Right. Oh, you baby. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. That's fair enough. Right. <laughs> but like, but if I keep putting it off, right, I right. might never accomplish it. And well, I, you I, know what? I don't the want same, to be that person. Right. The same thing. When I put woke up at 60 and thought I put off all that for 42 years. Exactly. And so my, my, my best advice to you or people that are young, don't put off. And sometimes people think they won't survive if, they, if they're going to do something that they're fearful of. But guess what? You get through and you survive and then you go, hallelujah, I want to do something like that again. Yeah. And well, well here, yeah, well, and, and even more exciting, I, I love this, this, what I'm about to say. So, so biologically, right, the, the chemical reactions that happen within us that cause excitement and that cause nervousness are exactly the same. Like yeah, when you get right. nervous, the biological signs of being nervous looks exactly the same as excitement, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, so you have the ability, right, when, when that begins to come up into you, to choose what you want to uh, see it as, because biologically, it's exactly the same. So the only thing that's stopping fear from being excitement is your mind. Right. Literally, that's the only thing, your choice, right? Yeah. And right. So, so like, you, you can come up to this fear and say like, oh my gosh, that would never happen for me right? Like one of those things for me was speaking, 
right? I, I had I had a large period of my life where I thought I was an introvert, right? Because of certain ways society told me I had to be. And later in, uh, it, it was only about maybe three or four years ago, I discovered I'm actually a secret extrovert, right? <laughs> I get energy from being around people and being in front of people. And I used to tell myself in the past, I could never be in front of a crowd. That would be silly. That's not me, right? And now I'm a speaker. <laughs> like right. it's a complete 180 and I love it. I, I love getting in front of people. I love performing, right? Yeah. I love that feeling. It's awesome. Right, right, right. And, and so you didn't realize that about yourself because you said, I can never yeah. do that. Exactly. I can never do that. But it is amazing what we can do. And I love what you said, Cody, about, um, so instead of looking when you're being afraid, just saying, boy, I'm really quite excited here <laughs> when you're feeling that fear because it's just, it, it, the emotions in your body actually feel the same way. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm actually excited. And you could kind of switch it around. And then as Cody and I are talking, I realize once again how important it is for you to realize out there that life is made up of choices and that's where our responsibility is. We make choices. He's made a, a, a choice to do the Spartan run. I'm, I made a choice to uh, you know, get 130 pounds off and keep off for the rest of my life. We constantly make choices so um or we sit in that comfort zone where we kind of get lulled to sleep which the, way and, which and, way do and, you want to go that happens right the choices get made for us right, right? and and that's the, i think that's the scary part is how many people live their lives allowing others to choose what's going to happen to them completely without any regard for what that the consequences of that are because a lot of times, and we're seeing this more and more, the consequences of not choosing it yourself are very dire. Right, right, exactly. And so my message again, never too late ever until it is. So obesity um, causes more deaths than car accidents. Um, I, I forget the stat, but there was about four different um, things that caused death. and. Obesity, 410 people, 10,000 people die of it yearly. Is it something that they could do something about? Yes, they could make a choice and make a difference. Uh, that is what the amazing thing is. Those choices, and like Cody's saying, if you stay in the comfort zone, your choices are made for you. If you stay in, in the comfort zone and don't get out and exercise and you're sitting there eating the potato chips and, you know, um, all that kind of stuff, which I have done, I understand, and I have binged, but I understand that. But if you do that, there is a consequence eventually. And that's why it is never too late ever until it is. So we've got today, what choices are we going to make today that will better our life tomorrow? Exactly. And, and that today is the most important day, right? A lot of times people are either caught up in the past or they're caught up in the future and, and they're not acting today, right? The, the things that happened in the past are never going to change, 
right? Right. As wonderful or as terrible as they were, right? They're never going to change, right? right? But you still have the ability to change today. And the things with the future, right? Those things will never come to be unless you do something about it starting today. Right, right. And the thing with the future is there's not a guarantee. There's not a guarantee for somebody that's uh, two years old or somebody like me that's 64. There's no, I, I can't say that I'm going to be around next year and guarantee it. So what we have is today being aware, being present with the people that love us. This is the day making choices that are wise for us today so that if we should live longer, we live a quality life. Definitely. And, and, like there, there are a lot of people who want to make a difference in the world, right? This is something I've been talking with a lot of people about lately. It's, it's just come up again and again and again. Um, and, and they think like, oh, th- that dream is too big. I'll never be able to impact people's lives. And the, the thing is, they're, they're thinking like, I have to do something gigantic to impact people's lives. And it's not true. Mm-hmm. You can do tiny little things today that will dramatically change people's lives. Just the tiniest of things, just a smile, just a wave. These things literally have changed people's lives and they're not hard to do, right? And a lot of the things that can dramatically change our lives and other people's lives, right? Are just little things, right? Like working out regularly. It's it's Mm -hmm. a little thing to work out regularly, right? But you have gone on and done that, right? And by doing it every single day, the little thing of working out every single day, you've lost 132 pounds. That's phenomenal, right? That's amazing. Thank you. That doesn't happen a lot, right? And, And not only is that amazing for you, right? Because I'm sure like there's so many benefits you've gotten just from doing that one thing, right? But it's a, I'm sure it's amazing for your family as well because of the person you're becoming, right? And the person you've become from losing all that weight, it impacts your family around you. And on top of that, you're here on this podcast right now and you have your own podcast, right? right. So you're an right. inspiration to the people who are listening to you, who right. you need to say, I did this thing. And it was a simple, small thing I did consistently over time. And if I did it, you have the ability to do these huge things too that can impact tons of people. Yeah, absolutely. And I am passionate about getting my message out there that for other people, that if I can do it, because I always looked at other people, if they had done it and thought, well, that's not me, I can't do it. No, if you're sitting there saying you can't, guess what? You can. You can one day at a time. And that's what I'm passionate. I'm passionate about speaking. Um, I, I'm, I'm like you, I'm a little bit of an extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> I get pumped when we start talking and get excited because I love people and I want people to realize that there's so much more to life and there's so much more uh, that they can grab from out there but it t- comes down to them making the choices each and every day. And if I can do it, they can do it. And I'm here to inspire people that it is never too late. Don't let a day pass 
without beginning the journey to start to make choices. And like we said, they don't have to be gigantic, just baby steps. Take baby steps today. And the other thing I would suggest, um, so sometimes when we say, oh, I wanna do a Spartan race, well, you know, we, we, we don't write it down. Write some of your goals down. If, if it's just, okay, this week I'm going to cut out, I drink a lot of uh, uh, Coke, if that, that's your problem, with a lot of sugar in it. So if this week... <laughs> uh, it's really yeah. funny that you brought soda up. I had oh, a, I've I had... had <laughs> I had a, I've had a terrible soda addiction in my life. I've brought it up a few times. This is how bad it got, right? Um, you go to your like a normal restaurant, right? And you get like what? It's probably like a 16 ounce cup, right? Uh -huh. At every meal, I would go through at least four of those, right? And if oh. even even breakfast, I would do that, right? So, so if I had breakfast that day, right, I would have four. Lunch, I would have four. Dinner, I would have four. That's 12 oh. right there. N not only that, usually I would go out somewhere later and get dinner. And wherever I went there, which would be fast food, because we're talking late in the evening, it I would get a large and I would go through at least two of those. And yeah. then if the night was really bad and I had studying or something else going on, I could, I could top mm. off a two liter after that. Awful. You were totally addicted. Totally I was. Addicted. I was totally addicted. And now you don't have that problem. Have you conquered that, or I, I haven't completely conquered it, but yeah. I, I am well on my way. Yeah. I, yeah. I, the most cans of soda I drink now is two in a day, and, that, the, and that's the most I can do at a restaurant is two in a day, and yeah. most of the caffeine I get now is green tea. I, I was at black tea. I'm at green tea now. So yeah. I dramatically reduced it. Right, right. And so, you know, you, you didn't give it, over, give it up overnight, but you, Not put at all. Things in, you put some things in place. There's, so there's different ways of going like cold turkey with, I did with the <laughs> alcohol. Or there's reducing it and taking those baby steps. So if that's the person out there that needs to start cutting their calories and their sugar addiction, and they're having five or six pop a day or Cokes a day, um, you know, do, do what Cody did. Get it down to two. Yeah. And then the next week, write, write it on a piece of paper and get it down a little less. And write things down on paper uh, so that you can see your progress. Because otherwise, we sometimes can make progress and then we subtly, I don't know how to explain this, but so one day, oh, now I've had five Cokes and we suddenly steer off, steer off and pretty soon we're back down here. No, if you're, you're cutting down your soda, it needs to be less and less and less each time, but write it down and you can do it. Definitely. But and, and you definitely can do it. And, and that's something I've, really gotten on top of this year. And it's amazing the many things you can accomplish in a very short period of time. I mean, we're talking, we're only, at the time we're talking right now, it's, it's um, what is this, April 26th, right? So we're mm -hmm. almost through four months. We're almost through a third of the year, right? And I have gone on to do so much more than I've done <laughs> when I've attempted some of these things in the past and I've taken, uh, I've definitely been writing things down and both mm -hmm. in my health, in my, in my business and in my relationships, 
I've taken major steps that I've told myself what I was going to do and didn't take steps because I just said I was going to do it to myself. But as soon as I started writing it down, what I really started to see was how many things I wasn't doing. And it made me kind of angry. Right. <laughs> like, right. no, I need to get these things done. Right. Right. And it's in front of your face every day. So, right. so you start to see it and you're like, no, 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 I need to do this. I need to get this done. Yeah. I can't yeah. let another year go by. I can't let another day go by where I'm not getting this done. Right, exactly. It's, a, it, it's like doing those small steps again. And then also writing them down and then being accountable to somebody really helps too. Yes, so definitely. I want, I, yes, I, I want the audience to know that you can conquer anything, whatever it is that you are going through. Start, if, if Cody can get down from... That must have been like 20 or 30 pops hey, down yeah, to two. It was bad. It was super bad. <laughs> I can't imagine the sugar flowing through your body. Well, and, and the, the more amazing thing is like, I had friends that are like, how do you not have diabetes? And yeah. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> right, and right. Like, like, I know that if I would continue that habit, eventually, e even if the signs weren't there now, eventually it would something bad would happen to me. And if I had some sort of miracle happen where nothing bad ever happened to me, right? That behavior would influence the people around me. And I don't have kids right now, but I know that if I did have kids and I had that, that habit, it would impact them. And the likelihood that there would be two generations of people where diabetes didn't affect them is highly unlikely with right. that kind of with that kind of soda intake. So, so if I had the miracle of not getting diabetes myself, there's a high chance that they would be getting diabetes. And right. It would right. be my fault. Right. And I think too, I think it's really important sometimes when we don't see the consequences right, right now, like I didn't have a lot of consequences with being overweight except being tired, but as far as health wise, I didn't. I think then we can become complacent and think it doesn't matter, but I will guarantee you it matters because the longer you carry your weight, um, I've read a lot about, on, uh, about this, the more chances of you dying early. And I have a, I have a talk that I give and I talk about, so uh, for every 40 pounds you're overweight, I believe you lose, I, I think it was nine, for every four pounds, something about nine weeks of your lifespan. Wow. And so then I worked it up. I worked it out. And so over a period of time, if you lost two or three years of your life, then I asked the audience, what would you miss out? Would you miss out on your grand granddaughter's wedding? Would you miss out on the grandchild or would you leave a spouse behind? And it actually becomes a choice that is we are being selfish sometimes when we are complacent about it and, and not thinking that this is a reality, just like it is with the, the diabetes. That's a reality. It is science. It's an absolute science. I can't argue with the, the stats on obesity of 410,000 people dying a year. They died prematurely because of their choices. And I don't want anybody um, because if, if it's within your control, I know that when God calls us home and when our time is up, our time is up. But if there are things that we can do to prevent it, 
like like the coke habit or that any kind of coke habit actually yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a double-edged sword no matter which way you look at it yeah yeah another whole story <laughs> or um or um overeating and being obese if we have that control and that's another thing i i said i love my husband he's stuck with me for all these years and i don't want to leave him prematurely because i was so selfish that I was complacent about doing anything. I have to do it for me, first of all, but I'm also doing it so that we can live a great, good, and quality life together. Definitely. And, and it's interesting, right? Because, because a lot of times people do something only for someone else, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they can't stick to it, right? But at the same time, right? you can so easily mold that thing for someone else into a reason for yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. Like that's a, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, um, like one that I think of is like someone trying to kick a habit for their children. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but they have trouble doing it because they're not doing it for themselves. So, so then you turn it and say, what do you, what do you want to experience with your kid in the right. future that'll be gone. And, and you brought up some great examples of that. Like you miss a grandchild being born or you miss a grandchild getting married, right? right. If right. you don't fix that, right, you lose that opportunity to be part of that beautiful moment. Right, right. The, other, the only other um, stat that 410,000 people die of obesity a year, the other one was smoking. And so if your issue is smoking, the same things apply. If you are complacent about it, there will be a day of reckoning on smoking as well. And the thing is, when you feel like you are worth it, somehow, you know, I, I want to put good things in my body now. And so when you feel like you're worth it, eventually with smoking, you will see it as something that you are actually harming your body, just like I was harming my body with overeating and binging. And that can be conquered too. I am here to tell you, you can do anything that you set your mind to. Um, and like when I went out on my journey in 60, at, at 60 years old, I went on the internet and found things that I could use information that would help me. And then I got into some accountability groups. You can do the same if it's smoking. Get online and actually shock yourself. This is what I did. I, this is a, a true story. I didn't want to admit that I was probably morbidly obese. So I kind of went on my computer and snuck in one day like, like I was doing it in secret or something. I want to find out what morbidly obese, what is the weight when you're morbidly obese? Well, I found out I was morbidly obese. I had a hard time saying that. I am a morbidly obese person because we want to pretend it's really not happening. It's really not hurting. It's really not going to affect us in the long term. But until we actually face it, whether it's smoking, drinking, or whatever our vice is, until we actually face it, uh, we cannot work through. So if it's if it's smoking, go online, find out what happens to people who've smoked years and years and years, and then realize you have so much more to live for. Definitely, it's funny that you brought up smoking because I actually used to smoke 
Um, <laughs> now, now my smoking habit was never nearly as bad as my soda habit. Um, but part of what really helped me overcome the smoking was actually two things. One, I had people hold me accountable. One of the mm-hmm. things was having mm-hmm. people hold me accountable. If, if I, I felt like it was getting out of hand, they would take everything away from me so I couldn't do it anymore. And then two, I started to get around different people. I changed my associations. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and my, my girlfriend at the time, now fiance, gave me a, 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 an ultimatum, like, you either quit or I'm not going to be with you. And I'm like, mm, well, I really enjoy being with you, so <laughs> this is going to be completely gone. And that was at the tail end of it, luckily. So, so yeah. it, it was much easier to get rid of that habit. But, right. but, but it, it, and that can be a really difficult habit to deal with because, because there's also, it, it's, uh, it's also a chemical addiction. So, right. so you mix the chemical addiction with the emotional addiction. And with like the thing with most chemical addictions is they never actually go away. Right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so even there, there's times now I haven't smoked in, I don't even remember the last time I smoked, but there are times now where like, I, I get this feeling in my body where I want to lift up something to my lips. Right. right. It's this, this chemical thing my body is trying to tell me to do. And I like emotionally, I'm not, I don't want to smoke anymore. So I can just be like, that's really weird. Like that, yeah. like, like I'm not going to do that anymore. Right. But like, that's still there. So it's, it's not easy, especially right. when you get into the chemical addictions, right? Sometimes yeah. those addictions last for a long period of time, but that doesn't mean you can't overcome it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it doesn't. And it, and the more, you value yourself, and the more you continue to take the baby steps, the more you realize you're worth it, and the people around you, and the quality of your life is so worth it. There's two ways to live. Um, In your comfort zone, uh, complacent, and just letting life pass you by, or attacking life, and living each day with passion, excitement, and, and um, going through your fears and getting on the other side of all that stuff and junk. And it's so worth it. The freedom that I have felt, um, Cody, I think it's like getting my little girl back. I got the little girl back that liked to play and be excited and wasn't too worried about what other people thought of her. And that is the freedom that our audiences will experience. We can guarantee that. There's freedom for you since you've quit smoking. Of course, you got your fiance too. (laughs) (laughs) That helps. (laughs) So, yeah. So I want to encourage you out there that uh, Cody and I, if if we can do it, if I can lose 135 pounds, who let me tell you, I've binged, I've done everything abusive about food imaginable. So I've been there. I know. I know what it's it's like to eat in secret. I know what it's like to eat until you want to throw up. I know all of the dark, dark, dark side. And there is a dark side of being morbidly obese. I'm there for you. Um, I want to encourage you. If you want to go to my uh, site at LorraineHoving.com, I have some tips. It's called, um, you you can download them, uh, uh, Tips for Living an Extraordinary Life. 
uh, because I care about you. If you are struggling, especially with obesity, uh, being morbidly obese, you are worth it. And I want to encourage you. Uh, you've got this and I'm there for you. I'm a cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You, your worth is unprecedented. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, you can't define your worth. It's, it's so unimaginable how much we are able to bring into the world. And it, I, it doesn't take a lot of time to bring amazing things into the world. And I'm not saying you're going to become like a millionaire overnight. Like that's, that's, not the same thing as your worth and the worth you can bring to others, right? But you can, you can change someone's life in a moment. That's mm-hmm. all it takes to change someone's life. Mm-hmm. And, and even if it's not their entire life, you can change their entire day. You can change their entire week. You can change their entire month with just one small thing or one small act in your own life to inspire them to completely change their lives. Right. It's one small thing. That's all it takes. Right. Yeah. Well, this has been fun, Cody. I've really enjoyed this. I'm Um, happy you've had a wonderful time. I've had a wonderful time. This has been just a lot of fun for me. Right. Right. It's, It's fun. And what we are providing is hope. Hope that there's a different way. Hope for the person that's sitting there thinking, what's the use? There is definitely a use for you. There's a purpose. Yeah, I would say two things, actually. Hope and love, right? Mm -hmm. Because you Mm -hmm. need that hope to overcome, but you need the love to know that there is someone here cheering you on, that we do believe in you. I believe that your worth is unimaginable. I do believe you have the potential to change lives. And that may be the life of your child or maybe the life of a nation, right? Mm-hmm. That is up to you who you want to change. But Exciting. You have that ability within you. And all you have to do is take the moment, right? Right now mm-hmm. and do something about it. And we're not talking about, you know, losing 130 pounds in one day. We're talking about losing the 130 pounds over time. We're talking about kicking the soda addiction over time. We're talking about kicking the, the um, cigarette addiction over time or nicotine addiction over time. We're talking about taking the small steps right now to be a part of your family. And mm-hmm. it's the sm- small little things. Yeah. And, and we're that, here to cheer you on. <laughs> and we're here to cheer you on however we can be. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. So, so you, you mentioned your website, right? Um, I, I mentioned that again. And then any other ways you want to throw out there for people to get a hold of you, please let us know. Throw in as many plugs as you want. I don't care. <laughs> Actually, the best way to get a hold of me is uh, LorraineHoving.com. And it's through my website. And then you can sign up for my email list and uh, on on the website, you'll find all about my radio show, and you can sign up there for my radio show, and you'll find out about me. You'll see photos uh, before of me, and you'll see actually kind of a roll that goes, a loop that goes through of me at many different sizes throughout the years. And this is provided for you to give you hope that wherever you are in the journey, uh, you know, you, you can begin to make the choices that are going to make a difference. And so, uh, yeah, LorraineHoving.com 
and uh, feel free to email me any kind of personal questions that you might have and I will be there for you. And I really mean this uh, when I say I'm here to cheer you on because I know that you can do it. And some, some of the reason that I've been able to do it is I have had cheerleaders that said, Lorraine, you can do it. You know, maybe you fell off the wagon, but get back on. And they've been there for me. And I want to be there for you too. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lorraine. I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Cody. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Leadership Guide. Please go to your favorite player of choice and there, rate the show, then subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. Then, if you truly want to be a legendary leader, share this episode with someone that you know will be impacted because legendary leaders fuel not only themselves, but others as well to their heroic potential. If you want to unlock your heroic potential faster, then you'll want to join the League of Legendary Leaders, an association of leaders who are dedicated to unlocking their heroic potential, unlocking the heroic potential of others, and where legendary leaders are born. The League of Legendary Leaders also has a goal to raise $100,000 monthly to support nonprofits that are actively undertaking causes to impact the future in areas including homelessness, neurodiversity, character strength, positive psychological research, and more. Seize the call now. Go to www.theleadership.guide and click Get Free Guidance Now to propel you on your journey to legendary leadership. I'm your host, Cody Dakota. And I'm honored to have spent this time with you today. My final message for you, and listen closely. It's time. Wake up your heroic potential. Let go of your fears and anxieties. And let's discover what is possible on your journey to become a legendary leader. Emerge and become who you were meant to be. 